Hello, hello, and welcome along to another edition of the Squad Goals podcast. I'm Josh Parrish, and alongside me, as always, is a man who uh, who thinks he could take LeVar Ball one-on-one. I just think that if your name is a gimmicky thing like Ball, and you, you never made it playing the NBA, then I'm sorry, but you can try to live vicariously through your sons, but... You're not going to make money for overpriced shoes, is all I'm saying. Are you, are you saying you are indeed a, a bigger baller than LeVar? I'm the biggest baller brand there is out there. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I feel that's... I feel I shouldn't have said that, but that doesn't matter. It will definitely get a response those, from LeVar. Those, shoes, those shoes are $500. 500 And they look terrible. US? 500 US. Jeez. Unbelievable. And I like love shoes but nothing is worth five hundred dollars yeah i think he, i think he knows what he's doing actually i think he's a marketing genius i think we could learn a two learn a thing or two from the absolutely outrageous and be like yeah exactly. that's, nothing on me. that's what we uh that's what we need to it's do five hundred dollars oh god so welcome along to the uh the best podcast ever made <laughs> the, the greatest podcast of all time we're the goat of podcasts <laughs> but no i like I, I read an article apparently um you know, there's a rapper called The Game and he bought like three pairs of those shoes and was like, oh, LeVar Ball, you know, just trying to take down Nike, stuff like that. How many how many feet does he have? Why, oh. why does he need three? Does he does he walk around like a horse on all fours? Yeah, and then he just has two on his back <laughs> just in case he needs to swap. I don't know. I, I just see think, me rolling. <laughs> I just think that if, if your shoes are good, they'd, they'd sell. But, you know... There's a reason why Nike and Adidas and stuff run the game because they're good. Forgive us for having NBA on the brain. We've uh, just been witnessing a lot of drama with ping pong balls today. That's right. Uh, if you join me on the FNL live stream, <laughs> you would have seen the uh, the controversial semi final draw. Just tapping into all your audiences. Ryan can't watch it. It's too embarrassing it's too... for him. No, look. Look, Melbourne no. University Futsal Club, get on there. That's no, a quality live no, broadcasting. No, 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 no. Um, it's no. been two minutes. I've already plugged something else. <laughs> I mean, good. No, good for you, man. You know, you put on that suit, you go live. Hey, I wasn't wearing the suit today. No suit. No, I was wearing my my Melbourne University Futsal Club T-shirt. Hashtag bring back the suit. I reckon. Which was like, I don't know if you can tell in the video, but it was it was not dry yet. I just wore it over the top of the jumper. It's completely soaked. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Oh, I, you know. Well, my my webcam's so grainy. I don't think anyone noticed. No one noticed. No one noticed. But I'm sure. I'm sure it went well. I just can't. I can't. It's can't, just too can't. much. There's something about about you that's like you're grinning at the screen, <laughs> makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know how we're doing this podcast sitting across. Yeah, it's like eye contact. If I just didn't look at Ryan, it would be a quality quality product. Animals don't make eye contact during sex in nature. It's true. <laughs> I'm just saying. Eye contact is a human construct. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly along. Yeah, on. Chelsea confirmed their status as league champions this week. It was always going to happen, but uh, in scrappy fashion over West Brom away, Pulis uh, was kicking himself. He couldn't spoil the party once again. And, um, TP, TP. But it was Mitchy. Batshuai's big moment. I don't think I can say his name. As long as it wasn't Diego Costa scoring goals. <laughs> I can't believe he's got another medal on his neck. But... The best moment of, uh, of Diego Costa's evening was uh, was trying to, to... He got champagne in his eye. Did he? And then he tried to wash it out with Gatorade. Not the only thing I <laughs> <laughs> What an idiot. I hate... I don't hate him. I don't hate anyone. 
that I hate Diego Costa. Yeah, he's... it's just that. Oh, and just the thought of him lifting the trophy. How undeserved. <laughs> he was pretty good the first half of the year. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just not going to give him any Disdain. credit. I'll give him Hazard all the credit. It's all right. It's all right. He's going to China anyway. I hope so. I sure hope so. We'll see the the back of him. You won't have to look at his. Oh, he's just his so ugly. Every time I watch, okay, look, every time I watch Chelsea, they they've been the best team by far this season. Just every time I watch him play, you just know he's got that cheeky look in his eye like he wants to deck someone. And you're just like, man, just play the ball. But he doesn't. I just can't stand that. It annoys me. Yeah, I think it's a uniquely like South American quality to see uh, football as, you know, as an opportunity to, to cheat people out of like You know, if you con the ref and he doesn't see it, that's seen as like a positive thing. <sighs> it, like it's a different culture, I guess. Well, I look, mean, my dad taught me a trick. <laughs> you've heard the story but let me share that with you so for all of you that don't know my dad actually played for the Singapore school boys which is like their yeah, under 21s or whatever and he and then when I started playing soccer he was like look there's this trick that we get taught when we're training right, so I think there's a there's a context to this right yeah because um, when we were playing that under 17s game and Ryan nearly got into a fight <laughs> with a guy from Knox look okay so what happened was we he, he tackled me from behind or something and and um and I was like, you know, I was obviously like, what the hell? You didn't get the ball. And I remember the story my dad told me. And there was two. So he was like, when someone tackles you, you just gotta give it to him like right back, so he knows that he can't do it again. <laughs> and so when we went out for a header, I went him in the face. <laughs> and it's not a big deal. Diego Costa does it all the time, and then I do it once, and suddenly I'm a villain. <laughs> Jesus. But no, the actual story I want to tell is another trick he told oh, me was during the schoolboys. They taught them that on the turn, if you have a guy like marking you real tight, like on the back, as you turn, flick him in the nuts. <laughs> See, I was expecting, uh, we got it, you were giving me a lift that day. Yeah. And I, you was expecting, expecting I was expecting a big lecture, like you can't get into these violent scraps on the field, you know, you've got to play as possible. And he's like, no, you just flick him in the nuts. Yeah. That's what you do next my dad, time. Made my dad proud. I would have I a man in the face. <laughs> Whatever. No, no big deal. Help that he was white, like you know, just a bit of a, a bit of race retention. Yeah, yeah, greases the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Anyway, yeah. So I just think Diego Costa is a dirty man. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the the smog surrounding the stadiums in China will help conceal his yeah. his villainy further. Yeah, but no, Chelsea had a good season. They they were very well rounded. I mean, they started the first few games a bit slow, a bit mm. sketchy. But once Conte found his rhythm, found his formation, yeah. I mean, the additions of bringing back Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso allowed him to yeah. play that, allowed him to access that, you know, make that, the play a lot wider so they could, you know, hit, hit teams on the break real quick on the wings. Yeah, Victor Moses as a, as a wing back was a genius, genius, genius adaptation. I mean, the players didn't want to play the back three mm-hmm. at the start. And uh, he said, all right, we'll did play. Did you ask them? Like, how did you know? That you and that's the story that was coming out. I just um, got a call from um, Marcos Alonso. Yeah, sources say. Um, <laughs> this is TMZ with George yeah. Harry. <laughs> um, sources, source, my sources, yeah. uh, other people's sources, not my sources, yeah. said that the players did, were not keen on the back four and he's, Conte said, oh, right, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do it your way. And, they, and then after they got smashed 3-0 by Arsenal, he said, all right, your way's not working. Yeah. And went uh, to, a, to that adaptation of his, his Juve system. Hmm. And, Which uh, worked wonders for him. I mean... And now other teams are adopting it. Um, you know, you saw Arsene Wenger move to a back three. Mm. Tottenham have adopted a back three. Yeah, they've all copied the same shape. They've all copied it's, that. It's, um, 
And uh, Walter Mazzari thinks that Conte copied him. Oh. <laughs> like the, the 3 4 well, 2 so hold 1. Hold on a job for like more than like a year and then we'll see. I don't know if you can really copy a formation. They're pretty, like, there's only so many ways you can arrange 10 players, 10 outfield yeah. players. Look. But I, I guess the, the attacking try that Mazzari had at Napoli with Hamsik, Lebetsi, mm. and Cavani, mm. yeah, it was a similar system. But. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's worked tremendously well for for Chelsea. I I can't remember the last time a back three was deployed in England with such success. Mm. And uh, yeah, he's he's adapted Aspilicueta into like a um a centre back in, in a back three. So mm. like the the, uh, the right side of centre back, which gives him sort of better defensive um and, uh, like the speed to 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 cover in behind and also the ability to defend in wide areas. Mm. And, and then David Luiz is you know flaws are are masked by it and then yeah. you don't need three in the middle of midfield because you've got Kante so it frees up one player to support the striker Oof, Kante is a player he is yeah he's definitely a player but I'm I'm just calling it now Idrissa Gay you look at his stats they're very similar to, yeah he's also a very good player but he's a very similar player to Kante yeah. and Kante's stats have actually dropped off from last season just yeah. because he has he's had less to do he's making less tackles because he doesn't have to make so many tackles because Chelsea have the ball more yeah. you know that kind of stuff but um, you look at Kante's stats last season for Leicester versus um, interested gays. I, I think he, you know, he he's a player in that mold that top teams should be going after. Yeah, United. Yeah, please. Um, but you know, you know what? Just like trade deal, like just give him give him Wayne Rooney and Fellaini. <laughs> just take whoever you want. Take just whoever. Take you the want. Everton boys back. <clears throat> just take whoever you want. Like just leave like Pogba bars. Like like you know leave the ones that we you want to keep. <laughs> But just be like, it's open shop. Whatever you want for interesting gay, you can have. And just take it. I'm sick of this nonsense of like Fellaini being like the destroyer. We know he's not. He's, he can't defend. I know. There's, there's been a theme of the podcast, my Fellaini yeah. rage. Ryan's got a bone to pick with, with marijuana. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it comes through. Uh, you can you can guarantee we'll, there'll be a Fellaini bashing section on the podcast. Even when he scored the decisive goal <laughs> last week against Celtic Vigo. I don't care what he did. Let's, let's talk about that game. Because United were pretty lucky to, to scrape. Very through. lucky. But even when Fellaini scored, I was kind of like, I still don't like you that much. Mm. Thank you for the goal. I was just uh, I was just raving about Rashford's <laughs> assist. That I just didn't really pay attention to yeah. the, the gangly afro head fuck on the end of the cross. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look, I haven't gone that far. I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life. Yeah, I don't know where that is. Again, Josh's source is telling that Fellaini is actually yeah. a dick. Yeah, he's... Oh, look. He elbows people. He's just... No, he is know, anyone Bel- who elbows people on the field he's must the be... He's the Belgian Diego Costa. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you know, after dominating the first leg, um, they, they had a pretty good first half. I thought they played well first half. Yeah. But uh, they but dropped off dramatically. In the, in the second, second half, Celta Vigo just came at them. Yeah. They uh, they needed you know some uh, some assistance from John Guidetti, <laughs> John, to uh, to progress. So the guy that you would not want to talk to in a bar. He looks like a, a Swedish neo-Nazi, <sighs> and he's talking a big game before the match about you know. But wasn't he shit talk- yeah, wasn't he shit talking and stuff? Yeah, after you know. Playing for City, playing for City in in inverted commas. Wasn't he alone at Celtic for a long time? Yeah, he had he barely played for the the first team, and you could see why. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it was you know maybe the worst, biggest game of his career, and and I suspect the worst performance. Oh, he had that last kick as well. The last kick of the game after they equalised, 
was an extraordinary, extraordinary fumble with oh. you know, an open goal and he just just like tripped okay. himself over. It was very ungainly. Oh, um, yeah, I, I was actually, I was watching, um, I was flicking over to the uh, Lyon Ajax second leg because that was a crazy game. Ajax mm. winning first like 4-1 and then nearly throwing it all away. And yeah. Leon had some glorious chances to level it up on aggregate. Yeah. I switched back and United have had a red card and and Seltzer have equalised and are pushing for the winner. It was, yeah, it's I'm worried for United in this Europa League final. I do worry. I think mm. the, the youthful exuberance at Ajax might undo them, but at the same time, you have Fellaini who's willing to kill anyone and everyone I mean, in his path. <laughs> I think United, <laughs> I, I suspect United might might play the villains in this one and actually uh, actually do one, you know, on the break. Um, because Ajax, they don't have much experience. They're, they're a young, vibrant, exciting attacking side with, you know, an average age of like 21, 22. It's crazy. Yeah, Van will be licking his lips. Yeah. <laughs> In a weird way. Why is that sinister? I, <laughs> um, but recover uh, from that. Ix is um, yeah. This is the challenge in the podcast. Is I try and make a serious point, and then Ryan just puts me off track and tries no, that's to. That's true. Arsene loves him young. Yeah, well, he loves all the players. He he loves unrequited love. That's yeah. Arsene Wenger likes. He, he he he's really into saying, "Oh, I could have had him." You know. Yeah. Did he say that about Ronaldo? I remember he was like, "Oh, Arsenal could have signed Ronaldo." <laughs> he said that about everybody. Yeah, but you didn't sign Ronaldo. You <laughs> signed who? Nacho Monreal. So <laughs> deal with that. Anyway, go back to Ajax. Yeah. So they've brought in the whole of their their legendary former players as uh, coaches, assistant coaches. So mm-hmm. um, Mark Overmars is there, sporting mm-hmm. director. Dennis Burkamp's a coach. Um, part of the backroom staff. Um, uh, what's his name? Edwin van der Sar is actually their CEO or like ma- marketing guy. He's the marketing. Yeah, guy. well, he was the market, head of marketing, and now he's their. So you're going to be interested in heading up marketing for the Squad Goals podcast. <laughs> we could use a bit of a big name, Leo, because he has like a commerce degree or something. Like, Is he good on him? Yeah, he went to like university after he retired. He went oh, back, back and got an education. He's a smart, smart guy. Edwin, if you're listening, <laughs> you like, give us a shout you, out. We can't pay you much, <laughs> but we're willing to change the name of the podcast to to the. <laughs> To, I don't know. <laughs> Trying to think of an Edwin Van. Der yeah, that's a hard name to make the, a pun with. The Edwin Vanderpod. <laughs> mm, we'll work on it. Yeah, um, but they've they've done a great job of it, incorporating all these these former these legendary uh, former players into their mm. into their coaching system and going back to a very pure interpretation of the the Johan Cruyff. Um, and I think that's important. Philosophy. You know, I think we spoke about this before, and I spoke about this like having coaching staff that understand what the club means is so important mm. because at the end of it like yes yeah, sport has become a business but when it comes to actually getting players to to really give their all for the club they have to understand what the club stands for i spoke about this united and like why i think ryan Giggs or someone of that mold would be the would have been the perfect manager to replace david Moyes because even though like experience counts like i think understanding the fabric of a football club is important which is why like you know ix have had this run of success is because having former coaches, like staff, sorry, staff and coaches who are former players who have come through the club, who can relate that experience to the to the young kids. Obviously, they have an average age of what, like twenty something. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like for them, for these kids to be able to play Europa League final has to stem from more than just talent and and training. It comes from having the right guidance, people to really help you understand when you pull on that shirt what that means. 
Um, and I buy into that. I think that's such a good thing. Um, uh, and I think clubs should do that more. Yeah, I mean, especially when you've got this ingrained philosophy from, you know, stemming from years and years back. Hmm. Um, you know, obviously, it's, it's Johan Cruyff who really set the foundation at, at Ajax and also at Barcelona, you know, hmm. the total football, um, the f- you know, freedom of movement, the possession of the ball being everything, mm. just mm. players interchanging <laughs> positions and, and being multi-talented and flexible. You know, yeah. Cruyff, when he, in his playing days, was nominally a striker, but would pick the ball yeah. up at sweeper. Anyway, yeah. He would, and everyone's supposed to interchange and move into the space yeah. left behind. And I think, and, like, you see that, like, why is Zidane having so much success at Madrid? It's because he knows what Madrid is. Yeah, the he same knows how to that, manage the... the, the success, ex- yeah. The successful Barca coaches have been former players like Luis Enrique, Pep Guardiola, Frank mm-hmm. Reichardt, all of them. And, and, the, and the guy who didn't make it was um, the Argentinian... Yes, uh, Martino. Yeah. Even then, he didn't have a bad run, but at the same time, like there's a clear a difference when the manager and coaching staff don't understand what the club means. And I think it's something that the club should think about more because you know there's all this talk about clubs forgetting about how you know where they came from, the fans and all that. I think... What IX, the IX model, even I, you know, I, I'm, I appreciate that, you know, Zidane is the manager of Real Madrid. I think these things matter and it, and it shows in the play. Quick fun fact Gerardo Martino, any guesses as to where he's coaching now? Ooh, what? I feel like I know the answer. Because you probably do. <sighs> is it a national team? No, it is a club side. I don't... Yeah, it's, it's recently created club side. Recently created club side. I don't know. Tell me. Uh, that's right. If you guessed it at home, it was Atlanta United. In... In the MLS. In MLS. And sorry, in MLS. They're very particular about that. The... Uh, the prefix, the, uh, the the definite article is a, is a big no-no because it's Major League Soccer. So if you say the Major League Soccer, the, the Americans get uh, very annoyed. Oh, God, they always love to be the different <laughs> the letters and words and whatever. So in the MLS. One of my uh, my favorite uh, podcasts uh, based in America call it an MLS, just, just as a, you know. As a way to yeah. just stir the pot of it. Yeah, yes. Well, like... Gerardo Martino doing, doing well, getting a paycheck, that's what matters. <laughs> Keep getting them checks, Martino. Um, yeah, couldn't couldn't cut it uh, at Barca, but you know, look, he tough... didn't have a bad time at Barca. Mm. That goes without saying. Like, but then again, if you know, if you're a manager that comes in, and you have messy and stuff at disposal. Yeah, you have a really, pretty. Uh... Yeah, you know, you have high expectations that if you're taken over at like Derby County, but but yeah, I think DNA is so important. What's ingrained in the club is so important, and you know, I like to see that a bit more. I think managers like Sir Alex Ferguson or, or Arsene Wenger who become kind of like iconic to that DNA I think are becoming less and less mm. which then yeah, you just end up with the same sort of rotating yeah, roster like of... oh if you get fired from a big club then you have the names that circulate the names I mean that circulate. you know someone like Carlo Ancelotti has been very successful but you know he's never going to have a long stay at a club he's yeah. sort of two three year periods he'll win stuff he's one of the most successful coaches going oh around. for sure but I think you want sustained success. It's not about how much money you spend or, or you know, like how big your club is on the international stage. I think it, it's, it so much depends on, you know, how much you pay homage to the people that have come before the DNA of the club. And I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm nostalgic like that. Maybe because I miss Sir Alex. Maybe, you know, 
But I, I do think that's important. And we've seen success based on that. Mm. Like Barcelona is a good example of that. Real Madrid now. Um, so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting yeah. to see. Or, and you can see it's being set up at Liverpool with Steven Gerrard taking over the under-18s. Yeah, he'll, he'll be Liverpool. You know, he'll be Liverpool day. And, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, the, the perils with that, though, are that if you uh, hire a legend as coach, mm. one, it can tarnish their legacy if they do poorly. And two... Mm. Um, you can be really reticent to step in mm. when you really should. Um, I mean, you can see it go terribly wrong, like uh, Diego Maradona in charge of Argentina, yeah. for example. Yeah. And not everyone's cut out to do it. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. So I'm not saying like during the hiring process, mm. if let's say like at Arsenal, um, I'm trying to think of former Arsenal, like Gilberto Silva rocks up for the interview <laughs> and just like, well, why are you suited for the job? And he's like, oh, because I played here. And I'm like, well, and, and you're You need something you're, else. You know, you need more than that. But I think it's important to consider that aspect and of if, it. And even if they're not a former player, someone who has an appreciation of you know what that club is supposed to do. Yeah. I'm a big fan of clubs having an identity, even if yeah. it's even if it's not necessarily like a um, a Crofian like total football philosophy. You know, mm. if it's like you know like Stoke City or actually that, that's not a great example because they've tried to change their playing style. But mm. under Marquis, but uh, say uh, Athletic Bilbao. You know, yeah, 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 the whole Basque thing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> local players, pretty, uh, pretty direct mm. football, just mm. being kind of rugged and athletic. Or, or get ready for it. If you want to make a A League analogy, well, like Kevin Musket and Mel Victory. <laughs> like I think, you know, he he might not be the most decorated player. I was gonna say human. Like he was just not a nice guy to play. But like he gets He's a pretty what... decorated human actually. Have you seen all the sponsorship on his like colours <laughs> and? <laughs> <laughs> they they put every adornment. I, I think he next will be like a a head tattoo for his yeah, forehead, well, just a, no, anything a that shiny like a, like a Mirabella endorsement, just of his shiny forehead, just like, on, on there. <laughs> shiny but dome. you know what I mean? Like he gets what Melbourne Victory stands for. Just yeah. for all you A League snobs out there, just, you know, A League snobs. You know, you're hating on me last yeah. week for for the Euro snobs, but no, but you get what I mean, and I think that's that's. Yeah, important. And so I think Steven Gerrard is a good example of that. I think he'll he'll definitely become manager one day of Liverpool. Yeah. Don't know how we got here, but I think DNA is important. So uh, what about some uh, some clubs who have no history, like Manchester City? <laughs> yeah, see, also have a problem. You can't buy history. Like, don't don't go pretending what? just because you bring Guardiola and you bring Jesus in. Like, man, none of that shit matters. Like, <laughs> show me the trophies. Yeah, look. Um, it's pretty funny. Like that's a lot of the stuff that Guardiola said before he went to City. Is he sees it as such an opportunity because it is a uh, it's a blank slate. You know, he's got no prior expectations. He can just mold them how he likes. Just... Ask him who Mike Summerby is. Like you know, he don't know that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I just said his name. <laughs> name dropping. You have no idea. Yeah, like 50s, I know, whatever. I just know that he's an important person in Man City, but I I can't think of any win famous. Him? Oh, Manchester City players. Like Robinho? <laughs> I mean, pre, like, oil money. All oh, right. Ooh. There was a Chinese guy, a Chinese international that played for for Man City. I don't know his name. <laughs> don't want to run the risk of being racist. This is what you come here for. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they had a long, like, campaign to bring Guardiola. They're bringing all those people he used to work with at Barcelona, like Soriano yeah. and uh, Chiqui Bigueras. <laughs> That's what his name is. It's, it's like his name is not Chiqui. It, it's Chiqui Bigueras. Oh god! You, you say it. 
It's I like don't want to. it's got T's and X's in it. It's crazy. Chicky. Oh, that, oh that, he must have got bullied when he grew up. I think his name is it's something like that. Chicky Bergeristan. That sounds like a country. <laughs> Where you from? I'm from Chicky Bergeristan. It's one of those like small like central uh, post Soviet yeah Central Asian like post Soviet <laughs> dictatorships like Chechnya or something. No, I mean, we saw that coming like the Guardiola signing coming, but I don't know. They must have thrown a shitload of money at him. Oh, for sure. Like you know, you need someone to pay for all the suits that he rips on the sideline with his like, dramatic like tight pants. Did you see um, that happened to him and to Zidane? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When their pants ripped. I think Jurgen Klopp's got the right idea. He's got like active wear. He knows yeah. he's going to be jumping around. Or just do a Jose. Dress like a homeless person and just rock up. <laughs> and just don't move and just yeah, look just, grumpy. Just call Kanye out. Be like, I just want a wardrobe full of Yeezy's season five for <laughs> collection of just curtains and blinds that just cover you but aren't tight. So then when you need to celebrate, nothing rips. Conte's got an odd, odd mix because he wears the suits, but then the baseball cap, it's really strange. Yeah, he's trying to, you know, he's hes all hes all kind of chill at the top, which is why he can go off this his nutter. Yeah. But, you know, the rest of him's <laughs> business, I think, which is why he won the title. Good balance of crazy and, and He, he definitely manages to to run up and down the sideline without spoiling his, his finely ta- tailored Italian suits, which is an example to all of us. Do you, do, um, one thing I wanted to say is, do you think he's sticking around? Because... Um, Stefano Pioli has been fired by Inter, Inter. Um, not because he was doing that badly although they did have a pretty bad run when they conceded a lot of goals mm. but uh, he, he's generally been you know thought of as, as a pretty good appointment I mean it's Italy you can lose your job over every, anything mm. Mm. Um, but the, the new owners of fighting the Chinese money, owners yeah um, they, the ones who own uh, Zhang Susuning that's right you were talking you said this yeah. last week yeah we were talking about it in um, during the the whole Crystal Palace uh, playthrough predictor pod. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think some of my uh, my uh, background knowledge may have been cut out of the at the uh, may have been left on the cutting room floor. There. Yeah, sorry. I had to I had to get things moving along. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about Trent Sainsbury and Andrea Ranocchio. but uh, yeah, his family cares about him. <laughs> none of our listeners. Yeah, none of um, our three listeners. <laughs> uh, but. They fight him. Tom Edwards. Yes. Morris. Guy and Ed listeners. Oh, yeah. Right, Shout right. out to uh, all of our, our regulars. They're like barflies. It's just tragic. Like, <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to make a point here about Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they're trying to bring in a big name coach, and Conte is top of their list. But I suspect he will stick around and just use Inter as a way to uh, to negotiate he, a uh, pay increase. Yeah, bigger contract. Yeah. Conte, not such but a nice guy after all. It would be a, I mean, Pilo said about him when he speaks, your his words assault you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a pretty fearsome character in the dressing room, but also like very passionate, like which is what you want around a club. He's I guess. a dramatic Italian just dude who's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, does everything at a hundred, hundred percent. It's not gonna. So, um, and he's a brilliant, brilliant tactical mind, of course, mm-hmm. um, and been a great addition to the Premier League. But uh, ho- hopefully, he, uh, for Chelsea's sake, he sticks around. Uh, but you know, well, it would be a while sake that he leaves. Yeah, he could be. Uh, yeah, it would be a good uh, a high to go out on winning the potentially the double, mm-hmm. the FA Cup final coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I don't know. I think there's unfinished business. You'd, he'd he'd want to make an impact on the European stage of Chelsea before he leaves. I think. Mm. 
I think he's an ambitious sort of guy and and obviously Inter don't have Champions League football. I think no. I think they're mid table. Yeah, they've been pretty bad. So yeah, I think he'll stick around for at least another season. Yeah, I, it will be a different challenge with Champions League. Of course, we've seen sides do pretty well without it. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool under Brendan, Brendan Rodgers that one season when they nearly won the title, yeah. just let it <laughs> slip away. Um, and uh, I mean Leicester, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there've been other examples recently. But since once they had continental football to contend with, it's been a different story. Mm. Um, and Chelsea, they have a pretty small squad. They only really use fourteen players. Yeah. Um, so It'll be interesting to see how they recruit over the, over the their summer. Yeah, they definitely need uh, need uh, better depth in the wing back spots. Mm. Um, they're going to need to buy a striker if if uh, Costa leaves. I mean, Michi Batshuayi showed, showed his credentials with a pretty scrappy effort, but. Uh, I think Lukaku is probably top of their list, which would be terrifying. Oh, God. I mean, you know, be like another Pogba, you know, made a mistake letting someone go and then having to buy them back for a huge fee. But um, he's he, he's really upped his game at Everton and still not the most consistent player, but... He's... But, man, you're rather in him in your side than not. No, of course. No, he's... Which brings me to another thing I want to ask you. Ross Barkley, will he sign contract or will he leave i would like to see him stay because he's you know he could become like an everton icon he kind of already is Mm. um you know he's a local lad and everything um but i think yeah he hasn't signed a contract yet and might you know the ceiling for them could be seventh place like Mm. you know that that, there's a huge gap in the table between you know sixth and seventh and then seventh and eighth is even bigger um so breaking into that kind of you need big money. Uh, financially right? speaking, I don't I mean, they just that. got bought over. Yeah, that... Uh, where is he from? Let's not postulate. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Really be careful with what you say. All right, no <laughs> <laughs> They were uh, just bought over. Yeah, by some rich dude from... Somewhere. The Far East. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. The Near East, actually. I think it's Central Asia somewhere. Is he? Yeah. Uzbekistani, I think. I think he's really? Uzbek. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Someone check that up. If, yeah, so if, if do our research for us, please. If Josh anyway. got that wrong, <laughs> this is today's giveaway. If Josh gets that wrong, he will he will find an Uzbeki national team jersey and and um and wear it in a photo <laughs> to you. If he gets it wrong, so you have to do your own research. It's if a, a new Everton owner is not from Uzbekistan. Message us and we'll sort that out. Spoiler alert: the Uzbek national team kid is uh is a mankini. Isn't that even what well, it might be better for some of you? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I look, I think there is definitely a gap in the quality when it comes from for Everton and the rest mm. of the league. Financially that hinders them, but you think that if Lukaku departs, if Ross Barkley doesn't sign on and and you were saying looks likely to move to Tottenham. Yeah, I yeah, he would be a great signing for Spurs. They've got that young English mm. core and uh they need more depth in that. But also like positions. you were saying, if it just a gay leaves. Mm. I mean as soon as a side does well, like a smaller side, the the, the vultures start circling. Yeah. Like and Liverpool and Southampton have that sort of relationship. Yeah. Um and it's it's so hard to to hold you know, um you know, look at Bayern and Borussia Dortmund. You mm. know, even a club of that size just had you know runners up in the Champions League and won the Bundesliga they can't hold on to their players because just financially it's impossible and the players are always looking to make that jump up to be able to to play to, Champions League to, football yeah to win draw. trophies and to yeah. earn you know maximise their, their earnings over what is a could be a short career mm. 
he's a short career, so. Uh, but it's I like you know I'm, I'm a fan of Everton. I'm a fan of you know the club. Um, and it's good to have somebody at least keeping the the big boys honest. But you know, if you look at their results against the top six this season. That's what they've struggled. Um, they've been able to, to brush aside most of the sides beneath mm-hmm. them, but uh, I think it's tough. I think you need a you know a massive influx of cash to be able to then make that jump. But even like we saw with Man City, which we were joking about before, but it took them a while, even with that cash, to be able to have that squad put together that will, that ultimately challenged for the title and won titles. I think that takes time. Um, and if already you're losing players every season, you know, losing your core players, mm. I think that will be the biggest struggle for them. Because if they could keep Ross Barkley, Romelu, you know, if Idrissa Gay stays and they make three to four good additions, you know, this season and then next season the same and they manage to keep the core group together, then I don't see why they can't challenge. But even even clubs would be trying to prize Ronald Koeman away. Mm. Uh, I think uh, there's been talk of Barcelona for him just because of the... He played there. Yes, my know. DNA thesis. Used to, is, is used to uh, you know, put away those amazing free kicks. He had an mm. incredible scoring record as a defender. Yeah. As long-range bombs. But um, from what I've I've been reading and hearing, it's more likely to be uh, Ernesto Valverde. Mm. Um, probably a cleaner fit there in terms of playing style. Like, Koeman's a, an ultra-pragmatist. Like, he's mm. not doesn't necessarily have an overarching philosophy and will just adapt to whatever suits. Mm. And... Um, you know, they they should be able to upgrade in the goalkeeping department mm. this season. Jordan Pickford, I think, will go there. Yeah. Uh, he's been Sunderland's bright spot this season and he's mm. a great young English keeper with, you know, great reflexes and demand, like, just completely dominates his area and his distribution, his long range um, passing and, and kicking is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just at a, at a level of accuracy that I haven't seen in quite some time for from any goalkeeper. So... Um, you know he's a he's a quality quality player, and they they could use someone better than Robles between sticks. Yeah, I think Robles and Stecklenburg have both have haven't been able to nail that mm. that first team spot for themselves. Both incredibly you know susceptible to making mistakes. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, upgrading in the goalkeeper department. I agree with you, Jordan Pickford. I think is mm. a good is a good pick. I think. Defensively as well, you know, Leighton Baines, Jagielka are aging. Yeah. Seamus Coleman is still injured. Yeah, he's going to be out for a while. He's he out might for not a be while. The same player. You know, and Funes Mori, I think, reminds me a lot of um of like Marcus Rojo in terms of sometimes he can just yeah make some rash decision and, and then you're caught out. So there's a lot of room for improvement. I think the Lukaku money, the the Barkley, I guess Barkley might leave on a free mm, if he's out of contract. Blow. So that'll be a big blow. They've resigned Morales, but. Yeah, he's still not quite at the level of. Yeah, so yeah. I think Lukaku money will come in handy if if they get a big fee, which I think they they will and they should because mm. you know he's a quality player. I think investing that properly, not how like Tottenham did with bail money, mm. you know, really understanding the targets they want that will help improve them because I think Lukaku money will be big and it'll it'll help them. Yeah, I I don't know how much like the, the transfer market is so ridiculously inflated, and mm. the longer you seem to wait in the window, the higher. The fees are because you know mm. you see one huge transfer. You know, if Antoine Griezmann ends up going to United for you know a world Ooh. record fee. I mean, I don't know if I, I'm a bit skeptical about that. It would be, in all honesty, a huge step down for him. Believe in terms Just of well, believe. He's, if we make Champions League, yeah. Well, I I mean, it, it would be a step up in terms of pay packet, but honestly, in well, terms money of talks. Standard, Can't deny it. We'll yeah, pay you whatever you want. Well, I mean the the. Uh, 
the idea with you know the the assumption with Simeone and uh, and Griezmann uh, has been that they will lead Atleti into their new stadium, and they're supposed to be moving there next season and, and play a season there. The stadium's probably not going to be ready, mm. even though the fans started ripping the chairs up after the Real Madrid game because there's another home game, and then there's the Copa del Rey final, I believe, to be played there. And they're probably going to have to use some other ground at the start of the next season because the, um, it's being bought up and by some... I think they're by the city and they're turning into flights or something. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the the, the uh, assumption has been that Simeone and Griezmann will stay for, for another year. Mm. Uh, but Inter's calling, if they don't get Conte, you know, Simeone is another huge target of theirs because he, he used to play there and he's a... a the DNA thesis. Yeah, he has a he has a DC connection with that club, and you know he's sort of almost he's one of those Argentinians who is culturally Italian. Like there's a link between those two countries, mm. and um, yeah, so many uh, Argentinians played for Serie A teams and lived there a long time. Mm. Simeone's no different, um, but you know uh, if Griezmann's agent wants him to go to United, he will probably is- go. <laughs> Is Griezmann's agent Mino Raiola or whatever? Oh, we should check that, but I think he is. Yeah. So another huge cut. That dude has his hands in so many pockets. He's just got his fingers in pies everywhere. Oh, well, Mino. yeah, I think. Look, I want Griezmann United for my heart. Of course. Um, He's a world-class take, take that number seven shirt, make it your own. Um, But, but yeah, I... I mean, they've made, you know, Champions League you know, final, uh, semi-final, you know, four times in a row or whatever. Uh, like, they're, they're Atleti at the moment a giant of European football and that's um, that's not something that can be said. But him, like, good. Know, I'm happy that Tim and Pogba are best mates. So that'll be... Yeah, that's good. Good news for United fans to have that link. Um, but I think if you ask me... I think United should focus on really getting some good couple of defensive signings in. Um, it is not Mina Raiola. Oh. Some dude called Eric Olhatz, who I've never heard of. Okay. So probably uh, not quite as likely as if it was... Um, if it was Mina. If it was Mina or um, George Mendes. Oh, Jorge. <laughs> Him and Ronaldo. Best man at Ronaldo's wedding. Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how much influence these these people who've never played the game and just yeah, like shady shady dealings have, you know, over so many. You know, you, you look at a new manager coming in, and so so often the new signings will be from the same, from the agent. same agent. Yeah, um, you think it's as simple as just you know submitting a a dollar figure like you do on transfer FIFA. request on FIFA. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really a lot more uh, shady and complicated than that. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I'd... I don't know. I think agents ruin the game a bit. Yeah. Um, it is a little concerning how much influence they have and how much of a cut they get out of all of these deals. Mm. Um, Which is the whole reason why Pog- the Pogba transfer is under investigation. Yeah. How much did you pocket? £41 million. Pounds. That's astonishing. Uh, Legit though, all I need is to find one player that will let me be his agent. Make a huge transfer. <laughs> I don't have to fucking work for the rest of my life. Forty-one million pounds is a shit ton of money. Uh, how do you like? You couldn't even spend all of that. I don't know. I think I'd find a way. <laughs> and that is why this podcast has no funding because Josh uses it all. <laughs> frivolous, frivolous expenditure. It's like what uh, 
what George Best said once, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, uh, the money I, I uh, spent on, on women and cars and drinks and so forth. And the, the rest I just squandered. <laughs> George Best, what a character. Although I do have an apology to make now that I feel is the right time to do it. Yeah. In last week's podcast, for those avid listeners, I should talk to Karen Benzema. <laughs> Said that, um, the great part was that it didn't even come out until after the second yeah. vote. So I should talk to him. And I woke up the next day and he just done three defenders instead of a goal and, and had a great game. So to Kareem, I'm really sorry I doubted you. That was his own uh, his own edition of the uh, the Kareem Hakeem dream shake. Just <laughs> three defenders out of nowhere. I was astonished. Oh, I had... Look, I stand by my comments to some extent, you know. So just, it's not a real apology. It's just token, just based on one look, one particular skillful maneuver he put up. He just because you have one good game doesn't mean the stats don't reflect your season. And I stand by that, you know, that the numbers speak for themselves. But he had a good game against Madrid. Yaz called me out on it. He picked me up. We went to the gym. <laughs> And he was like, I heard you shit-talking Kareem. And I said, I did. And I apologize. But then Yaz also said he said the exact same things to his brother two weeks ago. So, <laughs> look, even Madrid fans are a bit doubtful. So, Kareem, you like, proved you proved Madrid us wrong. Fans, Madrid fans boo Ronaldo. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there you go. I don't know if their opinion can be really taken seriously. Just there you go. Week to week. Well, Yaz did actually say to me that he also didn't appreciate your shit-talking about how apparently Madrid played better when one of the BBC are out. <laughs> It's true. He that was not. He thought sh- it was blasphemy. That was not a shot at at Bale. It was uh, in praise of Isco and the team team balance. They're all well, great. You players. can answer to Yaz when they're all great players. Undoubtedly gets in touch with this podcast. This is the problem with the Galacticos <laughs> policy: is it's it's not in tune with you know with team chemistry. They're just trying to buy all the star names and not thinking about how the pieces fit together. Mm. And competitive balance is way more important, in my opinion, than uh, individual talent. Well, you'll be hearing from Yaz about this. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Oh, dear. All right. How about we wrap it up with predictions for the Europa League and Champions League? I think United will play the villains, as I said, in this uh, in the Europa League final. I think they will, uh, they will win 2-1 over Ajax, uh, and they will not deserve to at all because that's the entire, like, the entire run through the competition. They've been unconvincing but effective. Um, and Ajax will be the neutral's favourite and uh, they will probably uh, uh, score because they're so good going forward but they leave gaps at the back because they showed against Lyon and I think United will exploit that. Mm. What about you? I think, look, because it will be played on my birthday, I want United to win because I don't want my birthday to be overshadowed by narrowly missing out in the Champions League. I think experience will count for something in this one. Like you said, the average age is like low 20s. Yeah, their captain is 24, Yeah, David Klaassen, mm. and he's like their veteran. Yeah. <laughs> they have a 17-year-old in the back line. Yeah, well, there you go. So I think experience will count for something. I think if, if the likes of Rashford and Martial have a good game, um, then it'll... It'll be a good watch. I think it'll be exciting when those guys are, are, are kicking. Um, Jose's just prioritised the league to such a ridiculous extent that if he doesn't win this game, he's going to be... It'll be a bit embarrassing. It's so funny. Like 
he's, he's less the United manager and more the manager of expectations. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing how he can to flip the script and, and focus the meeting. But he's always been the master so of And so he set it up now so that when he if he does win the Europa League, he can, you know, he can talk all the shit he wants. I mean, when he took over at, at Chelsea for the second time, he uh, he was just, you know, saying that Europa League, it's not, it's not a competition they want to be in. It's mm. not something they should want to win. Mm. He was just cheating all over Rafa Benitez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then now here he is in that exact same position. Yeah, and he's saying things like, oh, he, he just doesn't care about the league games anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it, it'll come down to whether United are, are, are willing to play or if Mourinho is so focused on just getting the result that he shuts up shop and it really just hits on the counter. I think that that comes down to that. Um, in terms of the Champions League? Uh, look, I've gone on the record before with my uh, my Juventus pick and uh, I think I think they'll win. I, um, I just think they're such a well, well-organized, well-balanced team um, and they're just on a fairytale run right now. They barely concede any goals. And they got flair going forward. So many good attacking players. I mean, there's always the chance that Higuain has another choke fest in a big game, like he has, you know, with Messi for uh, Argentina. You know, if if Higuain had been able to put away chances in his, you know, international finals at Copa America mm. and in the World Cup, Messi would have assists for the winning for both winning goals. Mm. Uh, so you know, Higuain has to come up on the big stage. Uh, I don't know. I think we're pretty quick to judge people like. That they're, that they're chokers, that they don't have what it takes mentally. Never said that, you said that. So uh, no, 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 no that's a narrative. <laughs> I'm not saying so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think because, you know, you just you have such a small sample size of big games and it could yeah. just be he yeah. missed a couple of chances. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the pressure is definitely on him. Um, but Dybala has just dominated the competition. He is. Uh, and he's playing with such freedom right addition. now. And yeah. you, you even just have such tactical flexibility. They can mm. go multiple directions with their with their lineup. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if they play the four two three one or go to the back three mm. um, with Bazali. Mm. Uh, and Danny Alves is always looking to stick one to uh, to Madrid. He loves a bit of <laughs> Madrid shit talk, Danny. <laughs> He's he, yeah. He, he's one of those players who just he, he loves being booed. Like yeah. even even racial abuse, he just like takes it and yeah. gives it back. It's hilarious. Like that time when someone threw a banana, and at he him. ate the banana. Yeah, he ate it and uh, and then thanked the fan for throwing it for giving him the potassium and and the energy to required to get through the rest of the game. <laughs> like he's just he's an astonishingly tough. Yeah. Um, Great competitor. Though. Yeah, and um, yeah, he has the. The right stuff to to thrive in big games as he has mm, done mm, in the, across mm. the, the two semi-final mm. legs um but i uh have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna back the uh los blancos look i have to i have to go real madrid um i think the ronaldo factor is there mm. he he comes up in the big games and you can always count on him to to always be involved i like the way marcelo um, uh, has been influencing play a lot, you know, getting up on that left-hand side. And also, I just like the way they're playing when when they're allowed to have Isco roaming around that center. I think with you know, his positional freedom, he's, connect- he's then that missing piece that's connected what was for- like a formerly very disjointed style of play to become something so free-flowing that even when Lucas Vasquez or Asensio can come off the bench and just fit in 
and it's so streamlined, I think that is something that not a particularly quick Juventus backline has to really watch out for. Mm. Um, I think Juventus's defensive midfield stocks will be like important because Kadira has had his injury problems recently, mm. and he probably provides more protection than uh, than Marquisio. Yeah, uh, Marquisio is better going forward and can arrive late in the box and score. But mm. when you've got Pjanic and Marquisio there. Um, you don't necessarily have a, a have defensive. that defensive cover. And yeah. I think we talked about before in the last podcast, Casemiro and, and his role, not only defensively, but also spreading that play forward, being that springboard in which Real Madrid attack. So I don't know. I can't look I can't look past the progress that they've made in terms of becoming more of a unit um, and the way Zidane has allowed key players to shine. Um, I won't say much about Benzema. I'm sure he will do his thing on the day, but I can't look past the fact that Ronaldo is still one of the best in the game. And if he really wants to, he can single-handedly drag Madrid over the line. He has that capabilities, but also he has the capability then to really bitch out sometimes. And, and I mean, he's played, I would say, poorly mm. in two Champions League finals and yet still managed to make the decisive contribution. Yeah. With the, uh, the winning penalty in the last edition and before that... Uh, the yeah, just the spot kick um, mm. that sealed the four-one extra time mm. victory, um, and and I mean, don't forget was... his Champions League final with Manchester United. He scored against Chelsea, missed the penalty, yeah, but also but he was, was pretty good out of the game. Um, so I think those moments show what he's capable of doing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, he didn't even have to be on the field for most of the uh, the Euros final. Portugal, he just coached them to success in yeah. the sideline. He has that. He has that aura. He <laughs> yeah, has that mentality. Kind of, I think you, for me, it's hard to look past. He will equal it up with another Ballon d'Or. Lionel Messi will be nothing. <laughs> um, but I think my point was going to be that even in... I think he's been burnt out when he's got to the end of the season. You saw it with the international tournaments at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. At the Euros, he, he had some good moments, but um, ultimately got injured and was struggling physically. Um, and in those Champions League finals, like in the, in the last one, he shouldn't have really been on the field in extra time he's just limping around mm. but you know he needed to be on there to take the winning spot kick so um he uh but this season because of the rotations because of the incredible depth with Murata and uh, all the guys you mentioned Vasquez essentially being able to come in and be that um you know that Zidane has been making eight nine ten eleven changes for some of these league games and they've still been reeling off uh, huge wins and competing mm. on all fronts, and uh, Ronaldo as a result has also limited his game as well. So he's not making those crazy bursts down the wing anymore, and mm. doing heaps and heaps of stepovers and being defenders all the time. It's more of a penalty box striker, so it's less constantly um, strenuous on his body. Mm. And I think physically he's in the best shape he has been going into the end of the season. Um, best shape he's been in a long time yeah. at this stage of the year and I think that could potentially be decisive and so. that will get Madrid over the line and be the first team to win back-to-back Champions League you heard it here first I'm calling it C <laughs>